You're listening to the Dad Pod Podcast, a podcast all about understanding the dad experience. It's the Dad Pod Podcast. Welcome into our latest episode. Dave actually opening up the show this time. Bobby's going to join me in a moment because this is a special edition episode of the Dad Pod Podcast. Before we get started, make sure that you have rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the Dad Pod Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Appreciate all the support that uh, we have gotten from our dad community over the last year plus now in doing the Dad Pod Podcast. So, we're calling this episode V-Day. I uh, previewed this on our last episode, and this is something really that we've had in the works for quite a while. Bobby finally had his vasectomy. So we're recording this actually about 24 hours post-vasectomy surgery. And at this point, we're going to go ahead and pull you in, Bob. How are you feeling? Let's get started there. I've got a ton of questions, so I'll start peppering you with those. But overall, how are you feeling? Uh, I got to tell you, man, surprisingly, I feel phenomenal. Um, it's been 28 hours exactly after so I got Phenomenal. I mean, that's yeah. A- I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, I think partly you ex- I expected it was on a Friday. I expected to probably be down and out for, I don't know, 48 hours maybe, right? Like, you just hear the whole conversation of how, everybody, how it goes for everybody. You expect to be down and out. 12 hours after, I'm up. I probably wasn't supposed to be, but I'm up moving around and kind of doing what I wanted to do. And I, I, I'm shocking to me was probably the best term. I don't think that's going to be the case for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought we'll say. So, well, well, let's back up. So let's, let's start yesterday morning. So you had the surgery really early and actually I want to start before that. So you and I were talking about the lead into the surgery that, cause you know, this is a stressful thing. I mean, you're you're sitting here 24 hours later saying that you feel fine, but neither of us had any idea how you would feel. In fact, I thought you'd probably, and I don't know if this is just because I think you're wimpy, but I thought you'd be down and out for at least three or four days. So you're leading into so the <laughs> you're leading into the surgery, and it, you you have kind of some some frustrating customer service, right? Yeah. So look, I, I want to. I'm not going to write name and anything like that, but to to. The whole process for me was I had done the initial uh, visit back in December to get it scheduled or get on the schedule, whatever. Um, they gave me two dates, February, a day in February and a day in March. Um, and they said, these are your two options. You can have it. I said, okay. Well, one of them was two days before my wife's birthday. Didn't exactly want to do that, right? And the other one was, so I took took the March date. Um, and they told me at that point, they said, it's three months out. I said, well, we'll call you at the time. I said, so does, does, that, does that mean I'm scheduled or not they said well you're penciled in i'm like well pencil can be erased so (laughs) you tell me um so i get the call i I go there on monday right and this is part of the funny story i go to the office on monday um to sign a paper and to pick up a bag so this is this is monday of this week correct so i go i go there to sign the paper and all that stuff and i look on the bag it says 6 30 a.m Come again. And you hadn't, they had never mentioned a time. They had never told us a time. They'd never even give us a scope of a time. They said, we'll let you know. Look, I I, want to say that the actual procedure was great. The staff was (laughs) awesome. Um, I tried to call and change the time, though, and got one of the rudest people 
that called me inconsiderate for trying to change the time because it would inconvenience others. Now, were you trying to change the time because that just would mess with your all's morning routine too much? Well, it would. I think we were trying to figure out childcare, yeah. right? Like we yeah. have two kids. We got it's legitimate. What to do, it's not just you want to, to sleep with, in here, right? Like, yeah, like we're not going to wake up a kid at five o'clock in the morning to get him out of the house for so. That was extremely frustrating. I'm not gonna lie. It was extremely frustrating because you're like, hey, like I'm the patient. I'm not just a bill. And I was the inconsiderate. So that was frustrating. Um, but it is what it is, right? 6 30 in the morning. Just I think the thing I'd say there is be prepared. Yeah, you know, if you go into a vasectomy, like the time's probably not gonna be the most conducive for you, is what I found out. Um, it was frustrating. I got called inconsiderate by the, the front office staff that I talked to, which really ticked me off well she's she's right you are inconsiderate yeah apparently right Six thirties. yeah whatever but anyway so i get there right i get there at 6 30 like well we've got you down surgery doesn't start till 7 30 and i'm like all right cool <laughs> but the whole funny part of that was i go and i literally drove to sign a paper and to pick up a bag so i called my mom after just just to talk right i was just like driving home talking to my mom she's like well what did you have to go down there for i was like I had to sign a paper and pick up a bag mom and she's like what do you mean you had to pick up a bag? I'm like, mom, I had, I had to pick up a bag. She's like, well, wh- what bag? Like, wh- what do you mean? I'm like, mom, I had to pick up a bag. She's like, well, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm like, mom, <laughs> it's for the analysis after after the surgery, okay? And she's like, oh. I was like, yeah, I was trying to avoid telling you that whole story, mother. And by uh, analysis, Bobby means that he would have to give a sample of, uh, of his business into this bag. Um, so yeah, so you, okay. So you pick that up. This is, this is the beginning of the week. So you're leading into the surgery. Now, another aspect of this that I think is really funny is who took you to the surgery. So I I just expected Emma, your wife, and I will go ahead and and give you a little preview of what's to come. We are actually going to have Emma on the show for the first time coming up after this segment with Bobby. And we'll talk about the, uh, have the beat button. Yeah, right there. We, we will talk about Emma's reaction. I'm ready to uh, beep her out. Yeah, it's going to get PG 13 very quickly. But so I just uh, uh, assumed your wife would take you to this this important surgery, but that wasn't the case. No, she wanted to, right? Like that was our plan the whole sure. time. Was she was going to take she was going to take me the whole time. Um, but then when we get scheduled at six thirty, right, it became well, someone's got to wake up with the kids, and we could have taken them, you know, to my parents as we had planned to on Thursday night. But then that just rushes a Thursday night. My dad actually took me. <laughs> so my dad took me, right? My dad's been the one who's, I can't tell you how many times I've told my dad, dad, I'm getting a vasectomy, I'm getting a vasectomy. And he, I can't, I've probably told him six times. Well, what day is it? When are you getting that done? <laughs> When's Mr. Happy getting, getting operated? All this, like just, that's my dad's nickname for it. My, I've told him so over and over, but yeah, my dad took me and um, it's, yeah. Yeah. So your dad takes you. Okay. So you lead into this surgery. You're probably feeling a little bit nervous. When you show up, I mean, you got to be, if we're being honest here. And I, Dude, we talked I really about this wasn't. ahead of time. I really wasn't. I, I was just ready to get it over with. To be completely honest with you, I was just ready to get it over with. So they, they get you there. I imagine that they strip you completely naked and put you in a wheelchair. So what, what was the actual situation? <laughs> nah, you go in their clothes, right? They take you back. They put you in a bed and they just say, hey, you know, basically strip down naked, get in this hospital gown. That's what I did. Okay. And then uh, you were put to sleep, right? Oh yeah, put to sleep. So they give you this first IV. The guy says, "This is uh, this is going to make you feel like you just drank a six pack." I was like, "Okay, well, whatever." And I got to say, from the nurse guy that I had, he was a guy nurse. He was really cool. He's kind of he's pretty funny. He said one of the first things people usually ask for afterwards is alcohol, and he always tells the patient, "Well, you know what? The doctor already drank it all during your procedure. Sorry." <laughs> I was like, it's a pretty good line. Kind of like you, those bud. medical jokesters. 
but yeah, they, they pretty much put that first IV into you. Then they wheel you back. And I remember just talking and then next thing I remember is waking up. <laughs> like I don't, that's it. That's how you want it to be, right? Like you don't remember anything in the middle. So you wake up, we're probably going to share, um, you sent me a picture of this weird jock strap <laughs> thing that they made you wear. I'm probably going to put that on the, the show description of this one. We'll include that. Yeah, I don't know about all We'll that. include that on the post. So the aftercare. So you get done, you don't feel anything still, obviously. Um, you so so describe yourself at this point. You're wearing some weird little little skimpy, <laughs> yeah, banana hammock thing. Like it's like a, yeah, a jock much. strap with no cup. And your dad drives you home. Dad brings me home. First of all, I uh, apparently called my wife, called my mom. Don't remember any of this. Uh, calling them because the anesthesia, right? Like I, I'm someone like people can believe this or not. I've never had any involvement with any drug in my life, but I was high as a kite. I was so freaking high after that anesthesia. I didn't know what was going on. Right. (laughs) So my dad drives me home. Somehow I was able to communicate to him. Can you go to Starbucks so I can get a coffee? And I always get a red eye coffee, which anyone's not familiar. It's a shot of espresso in the bottom with coffee on top. Like I had to explain that to the Starbucks girl because it's the new Starbucks. She's a new employee. I don't know how I was able to do this while still on anesthesia. I mean, that, that in turn is pretty impressive. Right. Um, get home and my daughter sprints to me as soon as she sees me. And I'm like, stiff arm, <laughs> stiff arm, like Heisman trophy, stiff arm type deal. I'm like, sorry, honey. Now let's go, let's go to the first P. Okay. Because that to me, that's what kind of scares me. And, and we may have talked about this. I can't remember if we've talked about this on an episode or off air, but I've got some P- PTSD from um when i was a little kid so we would go to the when I, like many like many people when they're young you go to the swimming pool every day in the summer and so we had a pool where i grew up and as like a you know, membership type pool and my my mom would take me and a couple buddies there almost every single day and i hated to get out of the pool and so i'd just stay in there for hours well when you do that, and I don't know if this is the case for everybody, I assume it is, if you stay in a highly chlorinated pool for a long time and then you try to go pee, it's fire. Uh, I was fine. Didn't I? I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, I mean, I know it's like the most uninteresting answer ever. Uh, it was totally fine. So I, I thought it was going to be different. Like, I didn't know what to expect either. Um, but it felt normal. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. I really trust what you're saying because you're not going to lie. No, I like. If anything, you're going to be a drama queen about it. So I. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's been like the most uninteresting, un painful process that I never expected. If that makes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think our listeners, dudes that are thinking about it, or their wives have asked them to think about it, probably are like me. They prefer that this is your answer. I don't want to sit here and like sell it short for other people because I know other people have gone through probably a lot worse than I have or whatever. And I don't know if I just got a really great surgeon, which is also a very good possibility, right? Or if it was just a clean process or whatever. Look, it's not going to be that way for everybody. I want to reiterate, right? Like some people are going to have it worse than me. But for me, I mean, and again, maybe it's the surgeon. I don't know. But it, it's it went pretty well for me. All right. So let's finish here and then we're going to bring him on. So what's so what happens now? What's the aftercare? 24 hours removed. I, w- I woke up this morning. I went to use the bathroom, right? And one of the gauze pads falls. And I'm like, I don't know if that's supposed to happen or not. So the gauze pad fell out, whatever. So then we went to change my bandage and we just, there's no bandage to change really. So I'm just kind of walking around like normal and normal underwear at this point. No jock strap as you described it, right? No whitey tighties or anything, just walking around normal. And um, now if I go to, you know, if you go to scratch like a dude, right? Like probably not a good idea. 
Now you got to make sure it still works, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that. There's the, you have to take a sample in to get it tested. But it's kind of similar to your story, right? Like you have to. Got to be quick. Do your business. And then you got to be there within 30 minutes to an hour to deliver that sample so they can test it. Well, I'll tell you what, as people that have listened to uh, episodes of the show can tell you, I know where you can find a magazine with some cars in it. <laughs> with some cars in it, right? So it's just like, <laughs> well, and as you know, like I live 30 minutes away from the lab as yeah. it is. Yeah. So it's like, do your business, well, you get can, in the car and go. You can actually, I don't know if you knew this or not, but on your phone, you can, you can Google cars and, put, and <laughs> pictures of cars will come up for you. Well, I can just see myself driving down the road, getting pulled over, and the officer seeing something sitting in the mid, like because you're thinking you're supposed to keep it warm, so you have to sit it between your legs and just be like, "What is that, sir?" And I'm be like, "My my dream of you going to jail for a night may still oh come gosh. true." <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, it, dude, I can't, I can't, I guess, give more more credit to the people that did the surgery that it just it went as swimmingly and as flawlessly as it did and. You know, props to props to those guys. I get. I'm not going to shout out who it is because I also hate it on kind of front office staff. So I'm not going to say too much. Um, but if you know me, shoot me a message. I'll, I'll give you a heads up. It was. No, I'm just kidding. I'll cut that out. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, let's bring Emma in. Emma, you needed. Now we've got a special treat for the first time. On the Dad Pod podcast, one of our wives will make an appearance, and it's gonna, and actually, my wife is not too happy about it that it's not her, but she will get her time to shine. So Emma Ittings is now on the Dad Pod with me. So Emma, I I can see you. Our our listeners can't see you, but you look stunning. <laughs> is that a robe? Uh, <laughs> no, it's just an oversized sweater. Okay, Thank okay, okay. Yeah, just making sure. It looks like you just woke up, but um, I so so I I am not in a hurry. <laughs> That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, so Bobby's tale about this this vasectomy was very. I'm just going to say boring, which is good. I, I I don't want him to lie about it. So from your perspective, how do you feel like this went? Did Bobby describe it pretty accurately? I think so. I think it was um, easier than he was expecting. For the days leading up, he just kept reminding me. Um, well, they say I'm, I'm going to be off my feet for at least two days. I'm going to be off my feet for at least two days. And I was like, okay, I got it. Two days. Um, so I didn't expect a full two days. So I think it surprised him probably more than it surprised me that he was up and moving. So you probably don't know this, but when we had, I think it was season uh, or episode one of this season when we had the urologist, Dr. Malik on. And uh, so we talked to her about vasectomies a little bit. Some of it was on the episode, some of it was off the air. And as soon as the episode was over, Bobby texted me and said, hey, don't tell Emma that she said it's not a big deal (laughs) because I'm really trying to set this thing up that I could take a week off if I need to. Right. So let's talk about the lead-in a little bit, because you and, and Bobby and my wife and I have a group text, and we talk about a, a bunch of crazy things, but but we also have talked in detail about this vasectomy and leading up to this vasectomy. So talk a little bit about how those conversations started, when, when you started to kind of push that we should we should maybe think about this. So I'll, I'm going to, let me jump in real quick, because- <laughs> See, I knew he couldn't help himself. Well, she asked me to mention this. Yeah. She asked me to mention this. I was about as hesitant as anybody could possibly be to get a vasectomy. I didn't want to do it. It took a long time, and to your point, a lot of conversation for me to get to that. 
Um, and I kind of finally decided on my own and people can come to this realization on their own if they want of like, she's been through enough herself and it was kind of my turn to take on, um, some South of the border pain, we'll say. I think for us, it started, the conversation started when I was pregnant with Eli, um, because we knew we were done having kids after Eli. Um, so I was pushing, okay, what are we going to do about it? Cause my doctor had mentioned, what are you going to do about it? Um, so we had a conversation one night that actually led to an argument because he did, he did mention, well, that's my manhood that takes away my manhood. Um, and in my life, I have two older sisters, both of their husbands have gotten vasectomies, both of our dads got vasectomies. So I was like, it's your turn. And he didn't like that (laughs) very much. Um, And it it kind of the conversation kind of ended that night as like up in the air. And I just said, okay, if you want to do it, we'll do it. If not, we'll figure out an alternative. And we didn't really talk about it again until probably after I had Eli. And I think at that point, he was like, okay, I don't want another one. We're done. And I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to ensure that we're done. So he he did come to the realization on his own. But it, but in the beginning, it was not a fun conversation um, between us. You know, and I think it kind of shocks me that both of your dads have had them because I have found this to be somewhat generational. I mentioned to my mom, now Bobby will love this, that I told my mom that Bobby was getting a vasectomy. Um, We're about to put this on a national platform that anybody can listen to. She said, yeah, but this was, this was unbeknownst to you. Like this, you've, you've signed off on this, like this conversation you knew was going to happen. And so anyway, I can't remember how it came up. Honestly, I probably just knowing me, we're just driving down the road and I said, Hey, by the way, mom, Bobby's getting a vasectomy. (laughs) Um, And her response was, why? <laughs> like she why would he why would anyone do that? There's really no need to do that. There's other things you can do. So I it does kind of shock me. And 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 there are other things and that's what we've been doing for the last year is you know, Eli was born, he just turned 1 last year. Um so yeah, raincoats. That's what we call them on the show. <laughs> well, I got an IUD after Eli was born. So because we were in an in-between phase of what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, well, let's end on this, and you can get mushy on this if you want. I mean, you don't have to. Um, so I had a conversation with a friend the other day whose marriage is not great, and we were talking just about the ins and outs of the everyday that you have when you live with somebody. Little things become big things. You know, I, I think whenever people actually reach the stage of divorce, it's been years in the making. It's not like this one thing happened. And so conversations like this and this, okay, I think maybe you should consider a vasectomy. No way. You know, for a conversation to start that way, but the two of you to somehow reach a point where, you know, we actually care about each other enough to to pursue this for both of us. This isn't just for me. This isn't just for you. This is for both of us. So, you know, now that you've, you've kind of gone through this and you've seen Bobby do this for you all, and for your family as you move forward. You know, how does that how does that make you feel? It's heartwarming for me to hear him say that the reason that he wanted to do this is more for me than for our family. That he realizes what pregnancy and what childbirth and what postpartum does to a woman and to me his wife that he doesn't he he wants to take one and he he wants to do it for me. Um, because I've been through quote unquote enough. And and I do love that about him, is that he, he wants to, to do things to make me happy. Don't cry. No, right? <laughs>
Now, what I got to say is we are not a visual podcast. We are just an audio podcast. So while Emma was doing that great uh, interview with me, Bobby was flossing. Yep. So, And I don't mean dancing. He was literally flossing his teeth. Yep. So uh, uh, that's just the, the more you know. We're going to talk about time management in a second, but that just kind of rolls right into that, right? Like you do it when uh, you that, get, Yeah, actually, that's you exactly. You read my mind. We've been doing do, this too long. You, you, do it when you, you are get maximizing your time. Hey, before we do talk time management, we've got a new, uh, a new review. We just got it here. Really, in the last twenty four hours, to be honest, man, it's it's one of my uh, my favorite reviews we've got, and I'll I'll kind of explain to you why. But the review says, "Great, one of the top thirty to thirty five parenting podcasts out there," <laughs> and it comes from someone that uh, I have no idea who this is. It's a B Lahoda. I have no idea, but thank you for the one of the top thirty to thirty five parenting podcasts out there. That should be our slogan. I will say though, we have spent a lot of time in the top one hundred and fifty. So this person's actually given us a little more credit than we deserve. He's given us a ton of credit. If you yeah. only knew us in Finland, man, if you yeah, incredible. Finland, we're still top three. Stop, still top three. But time management. We, you and I, were texting this morning, and as you become a dad, right? And you got to think back. We are huge sports nuts, and we always have been. But I still remember as a kid waking up 7 a.m. and watching sports in for three hours to make sure I didn't miss a single highlight, right? Now it's to the point, and I don't know, and we were talking, right? It's time management. I don't know if it's to the point where it's because it's at my fingertips of my phone, the ESPN app, Twitter, whatever. I sit down and I go to watch. Sports Center's almost lost its niche for me. And, I'm, and you remember watching like the Little League World Series when we were kids? Favorite TV show, Sports Center. Like every single kid, right? Like, I don't know if you would still see that with kids now, but for me, it's completely lost its niche. Sports Center isn't that important for me because I can find it real quickly while my kids watching Go Dog Go. So I am to a a. This is not necessarily a good thing about me. I multitask nonstop. So when I'm brushing my teeth at night, I'm actually thinking, can I keep the toothpaste in my mouth enough to go pick out my clothes for tomorrow? Because I don't want to just stand there and just brush my teeth. If I am Seriously, anything I'm doing, I'm trying to do something else at the same time, which isn't a great trait. But to that same point, it's really hard knowing that you only have so many hours in a day, especially when you work. So you spend a lot of time at work, and then you'll spend time doing things you just have to do. Maybe you're cleaning up the house. Maybe you're eating dinner, whatever. There's only two to three hours a day, really, that you get to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Or you get to spend time with your family, with your wife. Do you want to sit down and watch a highlight show for an hour? Right. Which when we were kids, right? That's it was different all we then. wanted to do. It was different. Now, then. if I yeah. sit down, if I sit down to watch Sports Center, I guarantee you, I'm going to turn it to Chopped or House Hunters for at least ten to fifteen minutes. It's going to happen, man. And if that's not the evolution of a person, perfectly wrapped up in one sentence, I'm going to turn it to Chopped or House Hunters, dude. I mean, what what. 20, late 20, early 30 something doesn't watch Chopped or House Hunters at least a little bit often. Or, it is, or Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. It is funny because, like, today, um, like, I love to buy clothes, as, as you know. And so, like, today we're going to go to um, the mall so I can buy some new shoes. But I'm already thinking, okay, well, after that, I want to go to Target because I need to get a new picture frame for this picture I want to put up. Well, and you think, <laughs> dude, like, I came, we, because of the whole vasectomy and everything, we don't have the kids this weekend. My parents took the kids. They'd been asking to have them for a couple of days anyway. So we said, all right, go for it, right? So we come home. Like, I wake up this morning. Of course, you wake up at the normal time because, you know, you just, you're conditioned at this point, right? Um, so I wake up at like 6.30, come downstairs, sports center's on. I'm like, I can just, I can just go to my phone and just look it up real quick. And I change the channel, right? Like, just change the channel to something else. 
Yeah, there was a great ESPN commercial a couple of years ago about the app. I think it was for the ESPN app, and it was a guy who was at a wedding who was checking scores on his phone while he was at the wedding. We all do that, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, we do that all the time. So now you can do that without spending hardly any time at all. Right. And there's just a whole lot less time you have to do certain things, but that is one advance of technology that that uh, that's really kind of helped us. That's going to do it for episode seven. Oh, sorry, 33, Dave. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I had to get something in there before you, you know, before you actually thought I was paying attention. Driving me nuts. That's number 33. I looked it up. It's the Scotty Pippen episode of the Dad Pod podcast. He is Dave, the father of Leo. Before I go too far, let's remind people, please go on and subscribe, rate, and review to the top 30 to 35 parenting podcast ever. He is Dave, the father of Leo. I am dad. Eh, I am dad. I am Bobby, the father <laughs> of Molly and Eli. This is the Dad Pod Podcast. Peace out. Weather thought we'd hold it together.